Yeah, hello, welcome to the Come Along Pond podcast, the only Doctor Who podcast in existence ever, uh, despite what fact checkers may say. I'm I'm one of your hosts, Elliot, and I'm joined as always by Damla. Yes, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're gonna. It's been so long. Do you know what? We're gonna pretend that we didn't record part one today as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Why would we do that? Like, we're maverick podcasters, as you say. We we're on the cuff. We keep it moving and grooving. So keeping it moving and grooving, and in, in the spirit of recording the previous part today, there's no news. No news. There's no, no news because we already did it today. It's still Bestie Colin Baker's birthday, though. Yeah, and he actually made a tweet later on in the day, which is what we're doing now. Uh, and he and he thanked everyone, and it was really sweet. Yeah, actually, jo, jo, I'm gonna I can pull that up. That can be our one tiny news segment. Go for it. Pull it up right in front of me now. I can't do a Colin Baker voice, thank God. Oh my God, that would be... Actually, side note, guys, while Elliot is doing that, this morning when we recorded part one, we forgot to mention we got our first email, didn't we, Elliot? We did get our first email from a real, actual listener. Granted, it's someone we know. But hey... She didn't have to send the email, and she did. She didn't have to send us an email, did she, exactly, so... Uh, our friend Orla. Hi, Orla, if you're listening. Hello, our regular listener. We love you, bestie. Thank you so much. Um, she's basically just wishing us luck on the podcast and like being very very sweet and lovely as she always is um, and on that note if you I'm sure she absolutely won't be mortified by the shout out at all she won't be mortified no she wouldn't um, because no. she's, she's, she's a strong woman who's ready for things that are thrown at her in life um, <laughs> but um, if just just like World War 3 oh, oh. oh. hey now Sorry. hey now <laughs> Um, don't we don't want to get copyrighted pal come on now if you guys are you know thinking i'd like to get a chat on the podcast i'd like to hear my name come out of these two delicious humans mouths then do send us an email over the email address is in the show notes guys i'm the doctor by the way what's your name rose nice to meet you rose run for your life if you are an alien, how come you sound like you're from the north? Lots of planets have a north. Is that a tribophysical waveform microkinetic extrapolator? Couldn't put it better myself. I mean, you can smell the testosterone. Go to your room! She's an egg. She's an egg. Better to die than live like you, a bitchy trampoline. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Off we go into time! Today we're talking about episode 5 of series 1 of Doctor Who, World War 3. It was originally broadcast on the 23rd of April 2005, once again directed by Keith Boak and written by Russell T. Davis. Russell T. He's the one for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be our theme tune from now on. I can't even add anything to that. No, there you go. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, well done. Bestie. As the listeners are aware, and if they're not, then go and listen to the podcast, you silly twit. We like to give our own interpretation of what we think the episode's about. Because IMDb knows what the episode's about. But we don't we don't like to read from IMDb. We like to do our own thing. So what do I think the episode's about, Elliot? I'm really glad you asked. The answer is this. The answer is this. The episode is about the importance of vinegar <laughs> that's what it's about and if anyone tries to fight me they can't because literally that's how the slovena stopped so 
And hey, you got the importance of chips, now we've got the importance of vinegar. And the importance of the two combined, as always, because one is not made it isn't complete without the other in my opinion except disagree but fair except except in cleaning because vinegar on its own is a great cleaning product sponsored by vinegar sponsored by actual vinegar (laughs) sarsons come sponsor us (laughs) so elliot sweetheart hello what is the episode about well uh, if you'll allow me to get uh, political and topical for a moment. Yep. I think this episode's about the original Downing Street lockdown party. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> oh shit. You really went there. So, you just get straight into can, the can I Can I just go straight in? Because I actually have something that I need to point out and it's always bothered me. And it needs to, okay. we need to just, no one's talking about it. I want to see if, I want to see if we have the same point because I also have something right off the bat yeah. that irritates me. Didn't know old, like, Nokia phones had such good cameras because... That's a problem. I'm sorry. That's okay. the theme was pr- practically in HD on that tiny little phone. I feel like we're at different levels of nitpick. Yeah, no, sorry. I noticed, like, the small, tiny little things, and I will every time I rewatch an episode, and I've watched this two-parter quite a lot, I always fixate on that. I'm like, come on, you could have at least done something there, you silly people in post. What are you doing? <laughs> my, my nitpick was going to be... Um... So I hate, I hate how quickly the cliffhanger is resolved uh, anyway but when when he takes the when the doctor takes the the electronic thing off that zapping him because mm. he goes ah oh, he goes deadly to humans maybe yeah but then puts it on the slothine well, why why have they made something that's only deadly to humans i mean i know it's not it's not killing them but it's stopping them a lot if it's not stopping the doctor because he can just easily take it off then yeah, why, why have they, they developed that? something that's going to slow them down oh that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Russell, um, come on. Like, again, I know it's not deadly because it doesn't kill them, but, you know, like, the way that he Nine gets the thing off, it's very quick. He just sort of, he looks like he's playing pain, and then he just sort of goes, oh, I can take that off, whereas they have to really struggle to get the electrodes off each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 literally. Wow. That so, was a freaking mm. oversight, let me tell you. But, hey, I guess it's like, you know, rat poison is developed to kill rats, but, you know, if you eat a bunch of rat poison, you're going to get sick. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you like my analogy? I there? loved it. I absolutely thank you. Ate that up. However, if I could say a positive about that scene, I like that all of them get electrocuted because he puts it on the collar thing. Yeah. So it kind of gives you the first link that they're all family. Exactly. Yeah. I think that was really cool because it's like that little collar thing as well links them, right? That's on their neck. Yeah. It's the that's like the compression field thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? And I think that's how they talk. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And if if we're wrong, um, please correct us real quick. I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. What happens, like, really, really shortly after that little attack and then they, like, they're going to find the Doctor and stuff? Because, obviously, the Doctor steps back into the lift, being all cheeky. Like, the Doctor's cheekiness is at an all-time high in this episode. Like, it's just banter after banter after showing off after cheekiness, and I love it so much. Yeah. If you're going to try and execute someone by backing them up against a wall, don't put them next to the lift it's great also they would totally have shot him by the time he got in the lift like, uh, oh yeah c- yeah because he sort of smiles the door opens he steps back he turns he clo- and they could have just opened fire yeah fully literally um, <laughs> but I love it though. I love it um, but one thing that I loved was because shortly after that the um, family go into the lift to go and find the doctor or whatever mm. they're doing and one of my favourite moments in the episode it's just homoerotic 
weird homoerotic. I have slash. I have the line written. Down. Yes, slash. It's homoerotic slash kind yeah. of incesty because I swear they're all related. You know. Yeah, they're all family. They're all family, yeah. so I don't know what's going on there, but you know. No, there is nothing wrong with a bit of body positivity. There's nothing wrong with a bit of body positivity. But if you're saying, if you're telling your brother that his body is magnificent, then psh, I don't know what to say to you. They are, they are all nudists. They are all nudists. But, you know, it's just, you know, go on, read the quote, Elliot. Bless us all. Well, there's, there's I need to be naked, which is iconic. Yeah. And uh, which is responded with rejoice in it. Your body is magnificent. I love it. Um, but yeah, it all gets a bit Scooby Doo, doesn't mm-hmm. it? People running in and out of lifts and doors, and you know the doctor stopping in the lift and seeing them and being like, "Oh, hello!" Yeah. And then running through doors and shots of Rose and Harriet running well, through doors. I'm glad you bring it up because I want to talk about one of my main problems with the episode that I it always bothers me. The speed of the Slitheen compared to them running is just stupid. Like, yeah, I know it's because of the VFX at the time and what they could do. Um, but literally, Harriet and Rose are running at a fairly normal pace. And then suddenly the Slitheen, they're out of shot. And then suddenly the Slitheen come in and they're like, whoosh. And it's like, you would have caught up to them by now. Yeah, like you say, I know that it's because of the limitations, but yeah, when you see them in the suit and they're kind of arms flailing, running after yeah. them at a light jog, and then, like you say, when you get the effect shots, they're like predatory hunters yeah. who are diving and sprinting. It is a bit like... Eh. The, the, it didn't quite translate. No. Um, on the other hand, though, it does directly transition into a part of the episode which I really mm. enjoyed. Because I was going to say my favourite yeah. part, but that's for that's the end. You tease, you tease. Part of the episode I really enjoy. I really, really love Harriet Jones offering herself up to be killed first. Yeah, and, uh, as dramatic as it may be, arms flailing around. She's going, no, take me first, no. But, yeah, and then just, yeah, she's... Ugh, Harriet. It's very Harriet Jones. It's so Harriet Jones. And... I, absolutely love that something about me i'm a girly who loves a contained story and what i mean by that is i love when something is set in one place Mm. and one of the reasons i love this this two well mainly the second part of this two-parter is because it's set in that cabinet room beautiful i love it no it's it's great and i guess without wishing to sort of reveal too much the end i definitely do prefer world war three to aliens of london yeah me too um me too it's so yeah literally it's so well paced and I think the dialogue is just on point. Like, it's snappish, it's sharp, it it just is moving well, and grooming. you know, Harriet Jones finding out the Doctor's an alien. Yeah. He's got a northern accent. Yeah. That that, that exchange when he's like, he's not human. He's not human. Can I have a bit of hush? <laughs> yeah. He's got a northern accent. Lots of planets have the north. And then when the Doctor does the, the you know, the trying to hand Harriet the decanter yeah. of port she's like you pass the left first it's like oh right sorry it's just so. the, those three right oh my god i'm gonna say it, i'm gonna say it. oh dear this is probably my most controversial take sirens can you hear the sirens they're going beep, 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 beep. <laughs> the doctor rose and harriet slightly more iconic than the doctor rose and captain jack maybe not like fully but to an extent yes because I'm sorry, like, those exchanges, those really intelligent exchanges and the snappy, like, the comedy, like, they all... Those three are just hilarious and they're brilliant. 
if Harriet Jones didn't need to become Prime Minister and everything for events to happen, actually she would have been a good companion. She would have been a really good companion. The Doctor, don't think, has travelled with anyone that's a bit older, but they, uh, she did travel with Graham, so there is that. And then Dan, Dan's not old, but like, I mean, John Bishop is looking mighty fine, but that's for another day, another conversation. Um, I guess Wilf. But he's not more of a granddad kind of time. I mean, more like middle aged, a little bit over middle aged. Um, yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of like. I don't think there's anyone sort of from classic really that's like sticking no. out to me. But I mean, re- yeah, reboot wise, I guess it's probably when the mothers give all board like any episode of Jackie's in the TARDIS. Yeah. But no main companion. Exactly, and I think she would have been a really interesting choice because. She's just so darn charming and intelligent and just sweet and kind. And we love Harriet Jones yeah, on this again, podcast. I would have liked to have seen her kind of, you know, I know that the Doctor's not a violent person, but I would like to have seen her sort of attempts at diplomatic solutions or anything. And while that's going on, obviously, you've got, again, that splintering off that we talked about in the last episode. You've got Mickey and Jackie in the flat and then mm. you've got them in like the cabinet room. I was going to say the cabinet war room. It's not, but it kind of is in that moment, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, it kind of gets transformed into that. Um, but obviously, what I kind of love is Jackie and Mickey having forced, being having like forced into that room to kind of, you know, re, you know, just have a relationship and like kind of build a relationship and like kind of, you know, um, how do you say, kind of, you know, just like mull over their problems and kind of just get over it. Basically, like, look, we need to, we need to like get over this now. Let's, it's water under the bridge. We need to move on. We need to basically save our own skin here and the world um Hmm. but yeah that guy that police guy who comes to attack jackie like he is relentless he is really doing the most it's a bit further on so i don't spill massively ahead but yeah i mean like that that scene yeah where he knocks on the door and jackie opens it it's very uh it's very horrible yeah it's it's pretty much it's like he comes twice i don't know i just love those little moments between like the side characters where they like just have their own little moments and like well yeah it's one of the one of the things actually i think i like most about this episode and i don't want to keep just gushing about harriet jones <laughs> yeah but i really love her actually kind of turning on rose a little bit mm, mm-hmm. like when the doctor's talking about yeah how they have a compression field and rose is like oh i could do with a compression field and harriet jones is like do you mind people have died this is not funny yeah no i think i, well, I yeah. absolutely and that's why again i really like her because she does add that more mature voice but also it's not just like they're agreeing with each other there's like you know you have to remember rose is a teenager like we need to we keep forgetting that she is very young yeah. And very, you yeah. know, she's she's not that... But she's mature for her age, I would say. But, like, you know... Yeah, I think it's just an interesting dynamic, you know? And then yeah. when, like, Rose yeah. was saying something about, like, they fired the missile at them or something, and she's like, you're a very violent young woman. Great. And like you say, you know, I mean, obviously you would say, Rose is always like, oh, you kind of pick it up when you're travelling with him. Yeah. Which is probably true. But, yeah, I like that, yeah, just having actual grounded characters who are there and to be like, you know... You get swept up in the whimsy and the sci-fi, and there's someone who can be like, "No, no, no! People who have died. You need to, like, you need to chill. stop now." I also love Nine when he like compliments Harriet. I think that's really sweet. Like when he's like, "Yeah," like that pause, the grin, the gorgeous grin he has, um, and he's just like, 
You're you're very good. Yeah, I love like I, yeah because there's when they when they're running anyway like for earlier when he first meets her and he's like and she's like oh you're Harriet Jones don't you fly down with like oh nice to meet you Harriet Jones then they're having whatever conversation they're having up the way and then he just goes I like you Harriet Jones she just goes oh thanks I like you too yeah it's so cute and yeah. like. Also, I love that Nine did compliment because again, I've said this before about Nine. Like he's that friend that you have where they that they will gas you up and they will mm. compliment you like when it's necessary. They don't do it all the time, but they will do it when necessary and like when you need a boost. That's the kind of friend Nine is. Do you know what I mean? He's like, I respect you, but I'm not going to gas you too much. But I'm going to gas you when necessary because you are that bitch. And it's nice that he compliments her because. She obviously doesn't get a lot of attention, a positive attention. People think she's irritating. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're actually really good. Yeah, you're really smart. You know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Let me take this moment to say, as that friend, you're very, very smart and you're very good at this. Thank you. Uh, likewise. Thanks. So, speaking of, like, Harriet and her kind of non-plus reaction to jokes grounding this episode, I adore... I the doctor not being able to answer Jackie's question about whether or not Rose will be safe. Oh, yeah. It's heartbreakingly it's, sad. I mean, I said it before how many times, Chris and Billy's chemistry is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, Jackie kind of just asking, like, can you promise me that she'll be safe? Doesn't answer. And then later on, it's like, you know, will you, will you, you can't sacrifice Rose and all of that. And Rose is like, you have to. And he's like, I could save the world, but lose you. Oh. Oh, oh God. Like, I know we were talking at the start of the series about Nine Rose being a little bit creepy, but some of those things that he says are very, like... They're so romantic, I can't help it, I'm sorry, like... Like... That is incredibly romantic. That is so romantic. Like, literally, what? Like, are you dumb? If, if You're dumb if you think that's not romantic. You have no heart. Yeah. It's, just the, it's the great thing about those characters, though, because, again, you know, you've got Jackie having that very, very serious scene of, you know, talking about if her daughter can be kept safe, and she seems very worried. But then, again, when the officer turns up, and then she's calling it a slippy... It's the keen. It's the keen. It's the keen, Yeah, it's the keen. Yes. It's the slippy. Enjoying it is so funny and ridiculous. She's great. And I just love, I love the tonal blending of like, yeah, Camille Kaduri being able to do like sad, angry mum, and then straight into screaming. It's a slicking. It does baffle me. Into her it does baffle me that she doesn't have. She, I've not seen her in many other big roles after Doctor Who. It does, it does confuse me because she, maybe she had to be prompted a lot but even if you have to be prompted a lot you can't be that good i don't think like you you just have to be that good naturally mm. like she could do serious and emotional and then snap into hilarious comedy like like it was nothing like seamless i think my okay big big pitch the best the best thing that camille kaduri could be in now the sort of modern tv that's airing an episode of inside number 9 fair she'd be great or something like staffelet's flats <laughs> Mm. Isn't she? She's she's in. Um, is it King? Is it King Gary? Oh, I don't know the BBC sitcom. I think she's in. I'm that. actually not sure. I don't watch it, so I'm not too sure. She's she is in a mainstream BBC sitcom, but I don't watch mainstream BBC sitcoms. No, neither do I. But I do think though, where she shines is when they, you know, figure out how to slot the the Slovene. I was going to say Slikine again, Slovene. 
Um, and like in terms of like the calcium decay and like kind of going from one point to another and then realizing what they need to do to stop the sardine. Um, and she's just like in the room and she's like pickled onions, pickled gherkins, pickled eggs. She sounds so pleased with herself every time she finds something that has. She's gassed herself off. Vinegar in it. Yeah. She's like, oh my god. And then nine being yeah. like, and you kiss this man. Which I love. I love. That's like. The, the only bit of jealousy that I really like. I'm going to say this now. Have a partner who ha- who actually buys pickled eggs. Pickled onions I get, right? Pickled onions I get to an extent. That's fine, I'll let it go. No. Pickled eggs, that's a red flag. And you need to leave that relationship immediately. Yeah. That's, uh, the red Dump. flag is waving. It's huge. It's waving. It's like Les Mis. Like, literally, like... That is just it's weird. my T-shirt. Like the t-shirt, and it's wearing a red t-shirt. Bright red t-shirt. Bright red t-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, but I just love the the again the dialogue is so witty and fast paced and like incredible when they're like, um, Slavine. Well, I don't know how do they start it off. They're like blah 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 narrows it down. Blah 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 narrows it down, and they're like, yeah, cause, yeah, because the the doctor needs to figure out what can um what species they are then he can find That's a it. way to like attack them or repel them and yeah so he's just like what do we know about them and they're like yeah he's like he's like oh based on whatever is like it can narrow it down to five thousand planets so they have to feed yeah. him information to uh to get it to, na- to narrow it down the doctor yeah. does have so many facts in his brain mm. that he needs he needs to literally segment those bits of information but then my favorite thing that harriet says again i think this is my favorite bit of Harriet in this episode, which is saying a lot, when she's like, when they when they fart, if you pardon the word, it smells like something something. If you pardon the word, like she's so yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, which I like. It's one of yeah, one of those things I had to write down. Yeah, it's just like when they fart, if you pardon the word, it doesn't just smell like an ordinary fart. If you pardon the word, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know why it tickles me so much, but I find it really funny. It's because like. She could. It's because she could think of another word for. And like the fact that they're in, like they're trying to brainstorm, and they're you know, it's like this is it. Yeah, we need to think of something now, otherwise these people are going to die. And she still has to be like, you know, oh, pardon. Yeah. Pardon. <laughs> She's so. It reminds me of my nan, kind of. Yeah, literally, and yeah, um, and then obviously the rec- the narrowing everything down, and then again the glee, the, just glee. The the word to describe. Nine's attitude to things is pure glee. I feel like I've used that word so many times throughout this podcast already, like up until this episode. And when he's like, right. you know, Rax Corica Falvatorius, he's like, yeah. The whole discussion of like, why are they doing this? Why are they. You, you think, you know, they're taking over the world, they want to take over the world. Blah, blah, typical, typical thing. But no, there's a recession in space. Love Even it. in space, there's a recession, guys. And they're going to sell Earth. It's brilliant. I think it's brilliant because again, it's 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 unexpected. It's different, changing it up, you know. And it's also like a complete sort of uh, one of the first early sort of middle fingers people who complain about how Doctor Who's too political now. Oh, don't. Um, and like, I feel like even then, like the defenders of the era all go, oh, maybe it's more on the nose, but it's no less political. No, I mean, like this is so on the so on. The this nose, is literally, but it's great, you know. It, this is literally the nostril itself. Yeah, like. <laughs> Well, I mean, the whole episode, if you'll allow me to go this deep, is so, so clearly an allegory for the Iraq War. Yeah. That, like, how can you... Like, you'd have to be almost slow to miss the politics. Absolutely. The the politicians are literal... They're 
lizards yeah. <laughs> wearing human skin. Like, like what else do you need? So they talk. They they convince the world to let them have nuclear codes because an unidentified enemy threat has weapons of mass destruction. That is literally why we invaded Iraq. Yeah, like, it's so clear. But then, oh no, the doctor kisses a woman, and now it's political. Oh, uh, do you know what? I'm sorry, we need to discuss this. Like, Doctor Who has always been political. For for crying out loud, for crying out loud. There's there is an, there is an episode where I I'd say that the first the first two aren't particularly political, but then you get to Pertwee and there is an episode. And I think it's the start of um, it might be the start of the clause of Axos maybe. Um, he's talking to like a he's talking to like a National Front politician. Well, there you go. And he like calls calls him a racist. Yeah. John John Pertwee shouts the words in his face. England for the English man. My God. Yeah. Great. And that's like nineteen seventies kids TV. Yeah. That. Yeah, if anything, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anything, I think nowadays, like the newer series of Who are less political. The only political thing that they're yeah, doing is like, oh, um, people of the same sex like to kiss, apparently. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah, I, and I mean, I guess we'll talk about it more and more at the time. But yeah, like it's probably my main criticism of the era is that like I think I think Chibnall liked representation, and there's nothing nothing wrong with, wrong with that. that at all. It's wonderful. But he's really, really into representation. But he he doesn't actually have any particularly strongly held political beliefs. Yeah. So, like, actually, all of his episodes, kind of politics, all fall a bit flat because it doesn't really mean anything ultimately because he has no opinions. Yeah. But like, it has really good representation. But people don't like political messaging, and they find it hard to see political messaging. But they find it really easy to see a number of black people and then go, "Oh my god, it's political." Ugh. It's terrible, it's... and it's like, yeah, like when Bill was, you know, put into mm. the show. Um, oh, she's a woman of colour and she's gay. They're trying to... You, they're, they're just snow, uh, snowflakes, a lot of you. And it's like... Right. <laughs> Which is very funny as well, because a lot of it's from, like, Americans. They'll, they keep saying, like, the woke BBC. And if you live in the UK, you know that the BBC is actually a horrible, defunct institution that hates the lives of trans people. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, like, do you know what like, it is for me? Do you know what it is for me? And I, I want to end this discussion on this on this note. Yeah, so sorry. No, no, don't apologise. It's just I think what I'm about to say is literally going to encompass the entire thing. Okay. When you have an argument to make, come correct first. That's that's really that's really what I have to say. Like a lot of these kind of points that people make about the show now being too mm. woke or whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, like come correct. Check your facts and then come correct because I'm sorry. Like, there's just too many people out here chatting the most utter nonsense nowadays. Yeah, and it's like absolutely this show has always had. For God's sake, the Daleks are based on the Nazis. Like, what? 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 Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're literally the most the most unsubtle Nazi allegory ever yeah. to ever be committed to screen. Like, what, what? What? Like, what do you mean? So yeah, basically. I just I I I always appreciate the kind of underlying discussion that's being had in Doctor Who all the time. I really appreciate yeah. that. And I don't think the show would be the same if it wasn't doing that. No, absolutely not. So yeah. um and this is just for you. Mm. Um it reminds me of my I'll send it I'll send it to you if I can't find it. It reminds me of one of my favourite memes of all time. Which is the uh, the guy from the quartering? I think he's called like Jeremy. Mm. He's a fucking weird looking guy, you know, just like horrible, racist, mm. fucking Nazi, hates women. Yeah. Uh, and there's like, like it's like 
two it's like two panels it's you know him smiling like next to it it's like got a still from star wars of like the stormtroopers it's like you know it's like allegory for nazism you know with like the space nazis looking exactly like the third reich and it's him smiling then the bottom one it's a picture of like finn from the new ones and then it's just like him frowning with the words you made it political (laughs) it's really funny every time i see that it really makes me laugh because it's exactly what those people are like yeah yeah i mean (laughs) find it no do send it to me cool so i mean yeah because we covered a lot of things that i wanted to cover there anyway by talking about like the iraq war and everything um so I have a question for you, Damla. Yes. Do you think you can control the missile systems on a submarine via a password <laughs> and a tower PC? Absolutely. Come at me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. It's so stupid. I can do it from my hey, Chromebook Mickey, right now. Mickey gets to be the hacker because he has a PC and using the password Buffalo, you can just hack <laughs> into the Navy and launch It's missiles. inspired. It's so inspired. It. It's like, honestly, I. Uh... Like, I love, I love old. I love alters not, not knowing tech when they're sci-fi shows. Like again, the, there's a bit, a bit later on when the Doctor's got a phone in the TARDIS and it's a landline, uh, and, you know, and then like uh, uh, at the end, without which you should jump too far ahead, it gives Mickey that disc, which is a virus. <laughs> If you upload it to the internet, it destroys any trace of it. But it's so like, oh, it's so I love it. It's so kitsch and so. It's it's before sweet. Oswin was a thing, and she could just you know <laughs> delete any mention of yeah. the Doctor from not the world, the Dalek, the Daleks' memory anyway. But well, of course, yeah. because that's convenient. And she knew how to make soup. Exactly, she did. Yeah. But yeah, I just love I love so sci-fi, heavy sci-fi shows that just also. Are still made in 2005 so no one really knows what the yeah. internet is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and love i love it. it i love it so much and but yeah obviously and then there's like the missiles are getting all ready and stuff the slovene are getting primed and ready to you know have the codes released to them and like because the telephone is actually red. because the telephone's red and they're just so excited and it's yeah. And um, they all get they all get naked. Annette is again fantastic. I mean, even in that confrontation between her and Nine, is she's so sinister. She's so sinister. And then like, and literally, she's sinister. And then literally the next scene, she's like, the telephone's actually red. Oh, yes, yeah. she's great. Yeah, brilliant. I'm really glad that they bring her back. I mean, yeah. And again, love love that Rose is like she knows how to survive like a bomb. It's her bronze attack. moment. She's like, you want to get in door frames? She's like, it's covered as small. That means the door frame is strong. Get in here. Yeah. Incredible. Like, I wouldn't have figured that out. <laughs> and she didn't learn it on Newsroom. Because do you know what I would have thought? Um, do you know what I would have thought? I would have thought, no, I can't get under there because then I'm going to get kicked around and my head's going to hit the thing so then my skull will crack <laughs> open. The thing is, I guess in like earthquakes and normal sort of bombings, they say that, you know, they say to get under tables, but like the way that raw room gets thrown around if you're under the table, you wouldn't survive. You would not survive. No way. Yeah, and um, while they're getting evacuated, like you know, when everyone's getting evacuated out of the building and the missiles coming, let's shine a moment on someone who did the most in this episode, and it's that one security guy. Yeah, he, he carried. Oh my god, his back must be aching from all of the responsibility he was carrying that day. My god, he's the one who fires a gun. Yeah, and he's like, everybody run! The one Welsh guy run. who's yeah. in just yeah. a random Welsh guy because they don't film this yeah. in Cardiff. No. Yeah. 
yeah. Like, you can tell he's trying to hide his accent a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. But, yeah, no, he was... Even at the start, when, when the doctor's like, yeah, no, the Prime Minister's actually an alien. Oh, that's never going to work, is it? He just goes, no. No, it's great. And no. then... Um, no, that's a different guy. Yeah, that's a different guy. Oh, I thought it was the same No, one. no, no. I mean, they're all Welsh, secretly. They're all Welsh and wear the same costumes. Um, but and then another person I just want to quickly mention who's the one mm-hmm. of the news anchors I don't know who he is but he's like the one guy who's kind of got a kind of semi not shaved head but like really short hair oh yeah the one that's like the BBC yeah. news anchor yeah, um, yeah not Andrew Marr um, like in part one mm. but like when he's like yeah. today we saw the dawn of a new world and then today we see it end or something along those lines and it's like the way he delivers yeah, it but... I was like oh someone give him the Oscar please yeah, like the most dramatic, like a news broadcaster would never actually be allowed to say that. No. And yeah, it's like yes, yesterday we saw the dawn of a new world. Today we may see it end. It's very like. It's like oh, eerie. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. And yeah, I love I love that Harriet Jones is just like I got to go see if I can help. Yeah, when the, yeah when they when they come out and they're all absolutely fine with not a single cut or bruise, just a bit of powder in their hair. Flipping out. It is a little, um, you know, like I'm sure she's a good politician, but she's just at the right place at the right time. Yeah. She happens to be the first person to get to a camera who's a politician who well, can say something. Actually, one thing I want to ask you though is, don't don't you find it so clever that like it's probably not that clever like of a writing thing, but I still think it's cool that throughout the whole episode, the doctor's like, "Where have I heard your name before? I swear I've heard your name before." Yeah. And then he realizes, yeah, it's because she's the prime minister later on. Yeah. Into Britain's. Second golden age. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Three terms. It's literally wonderful. Yeah. And do you know and what? It's tragic because you know what happens. It's, yeah. But do you know like, what? He's he's he, yeah, he's literally the like, undoing of her. Yeah, like success. he's he's there to see it start and he also is the one who brings it down and she still sacrifices herself for him. Yeah. I d- guys, it's you know what? Good, isn't it? My blood just boiled in that moment when we were talking about it because I have so many f- freaking thoughts about... Ah, I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to stop myself. So good. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, you got that lovely moment where she's like, uh, Britain stands... What's it? Guys, you think I yeah, record, uh, really do research for a podcast episode? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No, I, it is It is a bit like... Because um, I, 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 I like Harry Johnson, yeah, but it is a bit like, because I'm very anti-nationalist. Yeah. Anti-nationalist is kind of my politics yeah. a bit, but she's like, Britain stands tall and may God bless the human race. I was a bit like, Ugh. I was like, a bit like, uh, Harriet, but also nas- fair. Nationalist Christian politics, not my kind of vibe. But, but it's Harriet, so I forgive her. It's Harriet, so, you know, she could be your sort of church. You know, she goes to, she's your nan, she goes to church on a Sunday. You don't mind. Yeah, exactly. You don't mind that she wants to talk to you about God, because she's just lovely. But I thought she's one of those... Kind of, people that would just go to church casually she doesn't like wear a cross or anything but she just goes there casually one thing about the doctor that i've always kind of found irritating and you know bear with me because obviously the doctor is like my ultimate comfort character of all time like <laughs> love the doctor so much but there is one th- yeah. well there's a few things that the doctor says that annoys me and this is one of them and i've oh i just find it endlessly irritating maybe it's not as much now because i feel like the doctor does it more now but like earlier on like more like russell t davies era um, is the doctor having such an issue with, like, having family meals and like getting close with family? Like, like, like the doctor doesn't do Christmas dinner. Like, why? You know, the doctor doesn't like to do things like that. You know, 
I just find it annoying. It's like, just don't be that person. Jackie Tyler is going to make a shepherd's pie. And you're saying no? Proper, proper sit-down shepherd's pie from scratch because she wants to hear about you and your life. Yeah. And you don't want to? Yeah, I just find it... But do you know what I mean, pal? Like, it's rude, isn't it? No, yeah, like because especially... And then I don't like because then he's able to influence Rose. Yeah, oh. And, you know... And like it's really it's really horrible. I actually really feel for Jackie at the end of this. I story. actually have made several notes about this because yeah, the doctor not liking family dinners is irritating, right? Which is why one of my favorite moments is uh, in the Christmas Invasion when they're all having Christmas yeah, dinner together. Yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, but it's the way that you know. I mean, there is a funny line that comes out of it that's like, "My mum's cooking. Oh, leave her on a slow boil and let her simmer." Or something like that. Yeah, that's very, very, good. very, yeah. very top tier, god tier comedy, um, right there. But you know, you could tell Rose was kind of looking forward to it as well, and then like he kind of talks her out of it, like you said, and then she goes to start packing straight away, and the, the way Camille delivered that line, like, "Don't go, sweetheart." Oh, don't it actually? It actually breaks. No, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And it's like the fact that she's come out of the kitchen. She's like, oh, I've still got that bottle of amaretto from Christmas, and that would have been such like, a wholesome conversation. Can you imagine? Yeah, she's put. She is putting in. Yeah, she's putting in the effort. Yeah, and she just gets shot down. And it's really rude. It is horrible. It's really horrible. It's really really horrible. And like, doesn't she have like two cups of tea in her hand, or am I making that up? I don't, rem- I, d- I don't remember, but I also would not be surprised. But yeah, it's just the way she has the cup of tea. She's like mid, like you know, you know when like do I just hit my phone? You know when like my mum does this. She'll be holding a cup of hot liquid and walking around, having a conversation. And it's like you know, she, you could tell yeah. she was probably just going to come in and have a chat with Rose, and then like go and make the dinner and come back, and then it was just it was yeah. going to be like like she said, proper sit down. Yeah. Shepherd's pie. Like. Yeah, like when I go and visit my parents, you know, I have a catch-up with my mum in the car on the way, but there'll be something that she wants my dad to join in with story-wise. Yeah. So we'll wait till we get home, I'll sit down, I'll talk to my dad, I'll catch up with my dad, and then my mum will have a story, but she's doing things at the same time. She's tidying, she's making dinner, she's just doing stuff that she needs to do because she's just sort of gotten in from work. And she's like half telling me stories yeah. as she's like pottering around the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, literally, it's that, that, that's lovely. what Jackie's and like. That's the, that's the Jackie vibe. And the way she, the, and the way Rose is just kind of like, yeah, yeah, he drinks whatever, da, 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 da. and then she just like looks at her mum, and her mum's like, don't go. It's, it's horrible. It's heartbreaking. It honestly breaks my heart. It's just, and also like sometimes, well, the way Rose is sometimes, I'm just like, Rose, come on, have some respect. Your mum hasn't seen you in a year. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because for her, yeah, for her, it's been a year. Yeah. And when they're when they're walking to the TARDIS, uh, which I love, Nine getting the kid to scrub the graffiti. That's off the great. TARDIS, the funny. bad wolf graffiti. Like a, bad wolf graffiti. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. So you just do that again, I'll have you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like that, but yeah, like the fact that Jackie's offering. To, like, improve herself. Yeah. Like, you know, she's talking about how she'll change and she'll start trying to get a steady job and decent pay and, you know, just so Rose can stay. Oh, darn. Like, but that's not why I'm leaving. And it's like, oh, but the fact that she has to offer... Yeah, the fact that she has to do that so is... so sad. She's begging to keep her daughter with her. It's so sad. And then one thing I want to talk about as well is 
how long does Jackie wait in between Rose leaving? Like, I want to know, because obviously Rose was chatting that nonsense, being like, I'll be back in, like, 10 seconds, and it'll be, like, three days for me and, like, 10 seconds for you. Like... When, when do we... When do we... Is, does Rose now not see Jackie until Bad Wolf? Yeah. Parting of the ways. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think let that's me, it, isn't let it? me, yeah. let me... I'll go look at the episode order, but I'm pretty sure... That parting of the ways might be, yeah, the next time I that she sees so. her, and she's desperate to get back. Wait, so it's Ellis of London. Yeah, Dalek. I mean, is self-contained. Yeah, long game, uh, self-contained. Obviously, she kind of sees her in Father's Day. Yeah, Jackie's, but it's not um, present day Jackie. But it's not, it's not present day Jackie. Unless, does she go see her? At the, she might go see her at the end. No, do they not visit her at no, all. I don't think so. Well, anyway, to our no, of course, no, no, of course they don't because obviously it's in parting of the ways, isn't it? Where she's like, oh, you know, I met Dad. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but yes, yeah, so but, uh, to our knowledge, she's not. She does. I don't think she sees Jackie again until parting of the ways. Well, yeah, she's not in Child Doctor Dances, and she's not in Boomtown. So I think it is. Yeah, parting of the ways. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a long time. So it's, it's like at least a month, I'd say. At mm. least a month, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. You don't know what you don't know what time frame the doctor sent her back to in buying of the ways. But then, what, well, my question is, why couldn't the doctor go back to that moment where she said like it's ten seconds? Because I think it would have been really interesting to have like a kind of moment where it's like ten seconds later, the TARDIS comes back and then something bad happens. She's come out and goes, oh, I don't know. That'd have been an interesting thing to do. Yeah, I guess it's just you start like I think if you take. The thing is, it's really hard to have like internal logic about time travel because this doesn't exist. Did you know it that? It doesn't exist, and it gets like it gets too convoluted. So it's like whenever they talk about like crossing time streams and stuff in the show, it's always really like yeah, but, with a grain of salt. Yeah, kind of do, but you don't. And it's like how's the Doctor always bumping into previous incarnations of himself? And exactly. It's very odd. Exactly. Despite the bias. So if anyone, if anyone um, tries to at me about it. It's not actually real, so don't try and talk it about it, about it as if there's actual any logic to it. But it's my favourite end to an episode that we've had so far. Yeah. See you in ten seconds' time. And the TARDIS takes off. Jackie looks at her watch, and she just goes, ten seconds. And then walks off. But you know what? Sorry, I hate to dwell on this, and I hate to keep talking... Actually, I don't hate to keep talking about Jackie. That's a lie. I absolutely could talk about Jackie Tyler all day long, because she's my favourite mum of the entire show ever um it's the way like because again i notice these tiny little things it's the way she walks away looking really sad and she just goes off to that flat on her own that breaks my heart that's that's the thing she's going to be on her own and then uh, it's like the whole thing in doomsday when like rose wants to stay with the doctor and she's and he's like you'll never see your mum again i feel like i just feel like do you know what it is sorry um if jackie tyler has a fan if Jackie Tyler has one fan, it's me. Yeah. If she has two fans, it's me and Elliot. <laughs> like, why is she yeah. always left to the side? It gets on my nerves. It's like why she's so excited about seeing dead granddad Prentice in Army oh. of Ghosts and Doomsday. Because she's alone in her flat. Oh, Jackie. I'll be your best friend. Do you know what? Yeah. Me and Jackie are going to start a book club. <laughs> also, uh, fun fact about my my Doctor Who fandom and trivia: uh, I forget the quotes and names of characters in the episode we're talking about, but I remember that Rose's granddad is called Granddad Prentice and Shireen. Because uh, I have no life, and you, and you remember the character Shireen. I remember Shireen and Granddad Prentice. Yeah, 
But do you know what? Justice, justice for Grand Dead Prince. So just a side comment in terms of like Jackie being on her own. You know when Jack, Captain Jack, talks about. I hate calling him Captain Jack. That's gross. That's, that just gave me the ick. Jack. You know who that is. Jack. When Jack yeah. talks about oh, watching Rose grow up mm. in series three. And I know I'm skipping ahead here, but bear with me. If Jack was kind of watching over Rose grow up and like kind of watching over, you know, the power estate and stuff, a little headcanon that I like to think is like he goes there and kind of keeps Jackie company, but she doesn't know who he is. Like they've mm. become friends because she thinks, oh, that's a good looking chap. I'm going to flirt with him at like oh, the laundrette yeah. or something. Yeah. And then, you know, they become <laughs> like besties. Yeah, shade, shades of here we are, complete strangers and flashing Jimmy Nick. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. But um, that's a little headcanon yeah. for you, because um, that would make sense for me. Because I just the thought of Jackie sitting in her flat on her own actually breaks my heart. Yeah, and I'm not saying, you too. know, someone can't be on their own, but no. the circumstances, but like, you know? especially Especially in the context of the end of this episode as well, because she's probably got a lot of healing to do with Mickey, yeah. because, you know, they're not on the best no. of terms. And, yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. And I think... On that really sad note about our love for Jackie, we should go into our wrap up. Let's wrap it segment. up. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up because we'll just keep talking for ages about how much we love Jackie. I time. love Camille so much. Um, so, right, I'm going to ask you, pal, as we always do at mm-hmm. the end of these episodes, we always talk about our favourite moment. What was your favourite moment from this whole episode? My favourite moment from this whole episode was probably... Do I want to have it... Do I want it to be something fun? Do I want it to be something heartbreaking? Do both. No, I feel like... I, no, I feel like it's the... Because I, I was going to say I was gonna say how much I was enjoying the... Narrow, narrows it down. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, probably more from a character perspective to everything that happens with Jackie. Yeah. And everything that happens with Harriet Jones. Both of those storylines happening and being set up, they stand up then moments. come back to pay off later. Are just incredible yeah. stand up moments. I absolutely adore them. My my mine you? is mine is um, the vinegar scene. It has to be because I just love that whole payoff and like the green gunk going everywhere. It's hilarious. I do like that practical green gunk. It's funny. Did yeah, you ever cool. um, connect Doctor Who magazine, like that £3 magazine that used to... I, I don't know if they still do it. Oh, do they still do it? With the, the, doc, the, the Doctor Who magazine or the... Oh, sorry, hang on. Let me clarify. <laughs> Let me clarify. So there's Doctor Who magazine, obviously, that's still running, and that's like the official one that's like £10 per issue or something silly like that. Um, but I used to collect, and I'm sure most of you did listening at home, um, there was a Doctor Who magazine that they did for kids... Uh, and it was about three pounds yeah. or three ninety nine every week. I remember I'd get it every week, um, and it was like the worst flimsiest paper you've ever felt in your life. But I'd always get it for the little posters inside. Anyway, I feel like they probably would have one week had a free, um, like I remember like one week they had from Daleks in Manhattan. You know the Dalek brain in green slime. Yeah, they had that. I feel like they probably yeah, have like, like Slitherine gunk or something one week. Probably. Yeah, that was a good magazine. It's such a good magazine. I still have some of those posters. Mm, I don't. I remember buying some of them or looking at them, but I don't. I don't think I had it weekly. I, um, I got them most weeks, like if we could, because we couldn't afford Doctor Who magazine, so we got that other one because it was three ninety nine. 
I think instead I used to collect the Battles in Time oh, cards. Right, we could do a whole podcast episode on Battles in Time cards because damn. Yeah. I used to have some. Re- I used to have some really rare ones, and we looked at selling them when I wasn't particularly in stock to who and found out they weren't worth a lot of money. I think we just got rid of them. Oh no. Yeah, I had like I had some proper collectible ones in there. Really? Yeah, you know, like 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 rare, like yeah, the Doctor's hand rare, and all like, that. Yeah, and like um, you know, like like Rose when she's absorbed the time. Vortex. I was literally like, about yeah. to say that because that one is always yeah. like the most rarest one, I think. Yeah, like a bunch of the shinies and stuff and yeah, things like yeah, yeah. I just had loads of them. But... My favorite one I think I had was Captain Jack one, and it was like shiny. Something. I will. I will suffer for my lapse in interest in Doctor Who, where I binned all my Doctor Who stuff that I would now like back. But damn it, what's a moment that didn't really work for you this episode? Mm, I'd say for me, it's probably the speed of the VFX slash CGI, whatever the term is, Slovene running in the corridor. Just every time it takes me out mm. of it, it takes me out of it so severely doesn't work for me and it's probably a really silly thing to know but genuinely i do think this episode's quite great so i'd struggle to think of something really really bad plot wise okay so what's your moment that didn't work then see now my sensible answer would be hacking into the navy (laughs) but it's so fun (laughs) it's too fun come on that i really enjoy so i'd say probably i i I have a real bugbear for for cliffhangers that resolve themselves immediately. Yeah. Um, if it's not done in a creative way. Yeah. Some of them are creative. Need I say... Uh, <laughs> some of them are done in a creative way. Need I say, Stole of Earth, Journey's End. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Creative cliffhanger. Yeah. But, I don't know, the Doctor just kind of taking the thing off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes me out of it. I just it feels too convenient. Yeah. and it's too convenient. So the fact that it hurts the Slovene more than it hurts the doctor. It's silly. Uh, it's it's silly. Just, I'll give you yeah, that. Annoying. Thank you. <laughs> but Dan, what's your uh, favourite line from this episode? My favourite line, Elliot, is "Victory should be naked." <laughs> Fair. Actually, let me phrase that again: "Victory should be naked." The way he's... The, they're so camp, I love it. Camp icons, listen to Can you say it? I want to hear you say it. That line. Yeah, because you're so great at voice things. Victory should be naked. No, you've got to say it like he does. I don't know how he, I don't know how he says it, I can't remember. The way I said it just now. Well, you should have Victory should be naked. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I've got you to say it, I'm happy. <laughs> Victory should be naked. It should be. It should be. Victory should be naked. It absolutely should be. But what's your? But so what is your favourite line though? My favourite line is after they have locked down the cabinet office, all the things have shut, and the doctors, you know, going like, oh, you know, it's thick steel, titanium, you know, ten inches thick, and then is it Harriet or Rose who goes, how do we get out? And then the doctor just goes, ah. Okay, I'm really glad you brought this up because I did actually want to talk about it in my most doctory moment, my most doctory moment of the episode. So that's a great little segue. The doctor was so busy showing off and being brilliant that he forgot about an actual exit. <laughs> like <laughs> it couldn't get more doctor if you tried. And just the way the way Crystal is the. It's the. It's 
Oh, Chris is so good, guys. Chris is so good. He still looks really happy with himself as well. He's like, but also, did you just see oh. that? That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I love Chris. Well, sorry, sorry for stealing your uh, doctrine moment. No, no, no. That's but it was a beautiful segue. I'm glad. For you, what um, about you? My most doctrine moment, actually, and it's something that I've got to make a note of, so I forgot to bring it up, but I really love it. Is when they say when they save the when they save the day, or like they figured out how to save the day. Or it might be when I think it might be when Jackie kills the. Uh, Sakine. Sakine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where Jackie kills the Sakine and they're all really happy. Uh, and they all, they're all standing around the table uh, and they're celebrating. They have a toast, they clink glasses uh, and they drink. And everyone drinks. Uh, and then there's a sort of quick shot of the doctor. He drinks the port and then immediately spits it back out. Oh, yeah. And I love that the doctor, like, I'm glad they've not changed that the doctor genuinely despises alcohol. Yeah, he's he's great. He's like he's like always like a child in that scene. Yeah, and it, you know it kind of just. And what I love that about it though is like when in like the girl in the fireplace, when he can act perfectly drunk, even though he hates yeah. and has never been drunk and hates alcohol. Brilliant. I think I just invented the banana daiquiri two centuries too early. <laughs> Brilliant moment, but um, I digress. Uh, but yeah, no, that that is pretty. That's pretty great. Yeah, this is great because like even Rose, even Rose handles her port better. Than yeah, the I've never had port. So he drinks it. Me either. I don't think I. I don't think I want to like it. It's all because I mean it's 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 a wine derivative, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it a bit like sherry where it's like no, really um, sweet and bitter and. Ugh. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, sherry's sherry's the one I'm sherry's the one I'm thinking of. I, I don't think. like sherry. Um, I've had it and it's absolutely disgusting. Because sherry, yeah, because sherry's the wine derivative. Mm-hmm. It's like based off a. Of, Based off a of vintage wine, the sherry. I think so, but um, I, uh, what do I know? I I no, I only I only know it is because of the nineteen seventy movie Diamonds Are Forever, ah. uh, where where M pours a glass of sherry for Bond, and he, go, he goes, "Oh, lovely! What vintage?" He goes, "There is no sh- vintage for sherry 007. He goes, "No, but I'm referring to the original vintage on which the sherry is based." Oh, <laughs> oh, nerd alert. <laughs> I, 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 a lot of my cultural references I know from James Bond movies. I don't know. How I know that you drink only white wine with fish. Oh, I know that as well. I know it from, but I, do you know where I know it from? Mm. MasterChef. <laughs> what, because Greg Wallace has gone, you fucking nutter, why are you serving red wine with fish, you fucking muppet? <laughs> You're crazy, I fucking love it. Give me some of that fucking pudding. Sugar. I love Greg Wallace so much. Greg Wallace is. Do you know what? I think Greg Wallace has actually gone a bit trim recently, like a bit muscly. Like, good for you. I'll tell you what, man, that's a cracking bit of salmon. Yeah, it's fucking blinded. Inject it into my face. Oh, my God. Brilliant. It's great. I love Incredible. It. I love MasterChef. I, love, I actually do love MasterChef. Yeah, that's how I know that. But um, so with that's that amazing good. plug for MasterChef, we've got to give this episode and the previous episode a rating. This whole two-parter... As they're both both like respective episodes, we're gonna give them a rating, like you'd rate the food at MasterChef. But I think that was already implied, so I kind of ruined that little segue. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so, Elliot, pal, chum, compadre, amigo, Hello. baby cakes, all Hello. of the above. Uh, Hello. How? Well, what would you rate? Let, okay, let's start from the beginning. How would you? What What would you rate Aliens of London out of five? Um, I would say. Aliens of London. It's going to sound like a negative score. It's not a negative mm. score. I would say Aliens of London is probably probably a, th- a three. A three, yeah. Like 
it's not quite mid because there's enough cool stuff in there like the crash landing and everything yeah. but it's also it's not the most engaging episode of the show sure um like i definitely prefer part two and i do think actually as much as i love the series for me and my personal taste in doctor Who, it does actually get off to quite a rocky start yeah like i actually don't particularly like episodes two three or four mm. <laughs> like that much like a four is better than two and three but i still don't really like it that much so. but like we said though we do we uh, i mean for me and i think you agreed with me that episode four has the best opener of probably any doc two episode i think it's a cracking oh, yeah. opener with yeah, the plot whereas I th- yeah whereas i think two and three struggle to find merit i don't struggle to find merit in aliens of london i just don't like it that much yeah or love it that's fair um but what would what would you give aliens of london i think i'd give a similar kind of similar to you i'd give it a three and a half i think it just has that mm-hmm. slight edge to give it a three and a half because i do but yes yeah, i'd say three and a half for aliens of london part one mm. fair. now so what's your rating for world war three four very, snap. very comfortably snap. a four. Yeah, snap. Um, yeah, you know, nothing nothing, nothing outstanding in it to make it a five. Uh, but, like, I f- actually forgot how kind of fun and rewatchable World War Three is. It's so much fun. Um, I, I I, actually do rewatch this two-parter, like, not a lot, a lot, but, like, more frequent than most Doctor Two episodes, I'd say. I think a lot of my favourite episodes from Series 1 are very heavy episodes. And if I wanted to watch a... Yeah. I'm in a mood just to sort of watch some sort of camp and enjoyable Doctor Who. Mm. And I wanted sort of Series 1, this would, this would be my choice. Yeah. This two-parter. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's a good time. It's a really, really good time. And I think it has, has its own little story. I think it's actually quite... From start to finish, this, ep- this two-parter is quite self-contained when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, literally, like, it takes place at the Powell Estate and Downing Street. Yeah. You know, you have a little bit in the Albion Hospital, but not much. And like I say, I and love grounded episodes. I love things that are grounded on Earth and that kind of things. And this is this couldn't get more on Earth if you tried. No. And it's uh, lovely. So, what, yeah. What would you give the two-parter overall, though? Overall... So, like I said, part one, three and a half, part two, four. I'd say, overall, it's probably average out at a four for the whole two-parter, to be honest, out of five. Um, Because it's a very solid two-parter and it's oodles of fun. Oodles and oodles of fun. Fair. Fair. What about you, my chum? I think... For me, it would average out a uh, three point five. Yeah, um, that's fair. Like the the point the point five being totally for uh, how much enjoyable the second half is and how good and interesting Rusty Davis's writing is. Yeah. Um, the thing for me is I'm thinking like because I mean, the, the beautiful thing about Doctor Who is this episode can be genuinely good and then you can get things that are sort of almost genuinely beautiful dramatic television. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, when I think about next week's episode mm-hmm. and I go like you know like like I I 
it's not to invalidate the sort of the camper sillier episodes i love those but you know think how much of like a jump in tonal like quality yeah next week's episode is i'm always a bit cautious of just going like oh yeah it's a fork because like i fucking i know what's coming yeah no literally <laughs> um it, so. it, there's there, there's indeed a lot coming and I like to be conservative in my ratings. Is the, I, that's the point I'm trying to no, make. No, I totally agree. I just, I, in terms of like the quality of, uh, you know, I do think in terms of ratings, the way everyone rates things is different, right? So like, I rate things based on my feeling about stuff. So yeah, um, the way I feel about this is very high because I watch it so much and I find it quite comforting. If I was going to yeah. rate things purely, not I'm saying that you do or some people do this. I know you don't, but like, I never rate things purely based on how they're made um unless they're that bad in story that i'm like that's the only thing going for it but if it was like how it was made and like in that kind of thing and like if it's a good story or not it'd probably be a bit lower but the way it makes me feel and everything is what gives me my true rating if you know what i mean so yeah i'd say overall it's a four out of five for the two-parter in general but yeah like you said there's a lot of good shit coming and I always have to reiterate that for me, you know, two and a half sounds like a negative score, but it is like half marks. It means that something is yeah. decent. Exactly. Like two and a half is like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, but I feel like two and a half always sounds really vicious. It does sound vicious it, because I think most people rate out of 10, don't they? Which I don't like. It's, that's too much mm. range for me. And we also kind of live in a world where you know media literacy is on the floor so if something's either yeah. a five out of five or it's a one out of five there's no in between now exactly and we yeah. love nuance here so we do love nuance here. yeah love a bit of nuance yeah well i really you know i really enjoyed the new year special either the daleks it was you know better than most of what flux had to offer but still overall i'd probably give it about three out of five go oh well i thought you said you liked it go, yeah i did yeah I mean, oh, you have not you don't give it a five go, okay it's sorry. like well think about it first babe and then come correct as Can't I always say, Breathed the Wild, a seven out of ten. I just, I just, honestly, people need to chill. Imagine having overall, an opinion. Overall, the theme of this week: people need to chill and come correct. And come correct. Come correct, but um. <laughs> so thank you for listening. That was our general thoughts on World War Three, not, not the event. Yeah, not the event. Hopefully, touch wood. That never happens. Podcasting from the edge here. That was our thoughts on World War Three. If you have any thoughts about World War Three, again, the episode, <laughs> not the event, uh, or you want to get in touch, you've got comments, questions, queries, you can email us at comealongpondpodcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch via our social media. We're on Twitter at comealongponddw and we're on Instagram at comealongpondpodcast. And join us next week where we'll be discussing Dalek. 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 It's just one of them, but he's terrifying. It is. And also, don't forget to, um, you know... Comment, yes. Subscribe, guys. Yeah, Follow. Subscribe, rate, review. Be a good person. Good things. And say, and if you want that shout-out, you better email You better us. email us. God, come on, you know you yeah. want it. Come on, come on. I will give it to yeah. you, free of charge. Free of charge, free shout-out. Exactly. But... In the meantime, it's been lovely chatting to you. And to you, my love. It's been lovely chatting to all of you at home as well. And I give you air from my lungs. Air from our lungs. (sighs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 B